All right, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to the podcast today. What's going on? Uh, we got Max Lawson. Um, if you guys don't know, we were talking about him on the Justin podcast. And also, James brought it up, too. And they were saying, get Max on. And I was like, okay, Max will come on if he listens to the end of Justin podcast and hits us up. And we're like, I heard it. And <laughs> lo and behold, he did. did. I did hear it. All right, but be honest. <laughs> be honest. Did Justin tell you? He may have mentioned something, but I did listen to ah, the podcast. Uh, I, I did listen to the whole episode. And I listened to every episode that I haven't, that I have seen the movie for. If I haven't seen the movie. Cool. Yeah. But, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to be talking to Justin next time. Sell out <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about the director, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, most people say Dennis, but I learned. I said Dennis, I said Dennis yesterday. Is that how you man. say his last yeah. name? Yeah. Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Yeah. People also pronounce Villeneuve? it Villanova or whatever, but it's Villeneuve. And I only know this because oh. I was like, how do you pronounce this? And I watched a YouTube video and it's like the French pronunciation <laughs> of it. I was on Wikipedia a couple of minutes ago trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Because it, it says like the French pronunciation and I was like, this is not happening. I'm hoping one knows it so that I can just let them have it. I mean, it's just Denny. You just don't say the S. Denny. Denny. And mm. but yeah, I learned that the hard way because someone was like, you don't say it like that. I was like, <laughs> my bad <laughs> so for all the listeners out there i kind of explained it to max and alex already knows the drill but we're going to go through his filmography and i'm pretty sure none of us have seen his independent or smaller films so sorry to all you film buffs that are like yeah. really cringing or whatever but we're just going to go with the big five i'm pretty sure i think we're going to start at prisoners and just work our way up prisoners enemy arrival yeah, all this american stuff or was was prisoners made in America? I don't know. His yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll start there, and then by the end, uh, we'll we'll rank them from our favorite down, and then we'll it'll be a collective thing. So we'll have to we'll have to bend here and there, but uh, yeah. it'll be fun. So without further yeah. ado, uh, let's hop in to the God film, Prisoners. I love this. I watched. A month ago, two months ago. Yeah, I watched this movie for the first time this morning. Oh, whoa! I had not, I had not seen. This was the only one. This is the only one. This is the last one on the list. And I was like, okay, I gotta watch Prisoners really fast. So I watched it this morning, and I was mind blown. Dude, you're fresh off the Prisoners watch. Big mind blown. A lot to talk about because there's so much to unravel. There's yeah, there is. I, I. I honestly, my first thought about the movie, like I'm kind of skipping right to the end, but my first, and this spoiler, I'll say. Yeah, okay, spoiler, spoiler. My first thought thought about the movie was as it's building up to the end, I'm like, man, I hope they find Hugh Jackman. I was like, they have to find, and I was like, if they don't find Hugh Jackman, the movie, it's not doing it for me. And then the actual ending happened where he just hears the the whistle, and that's so than them finding Hugh Jack. Like I was like, that's so good. I was yeah, so yeah. blown away by that. That last Dude. shot is like, like mind blowing. Yeah, bro. I was so saying, well directed. Yeah, everything's so masterfully done, especially like from the direction, the script, and on top of that, you have the freaking cinematography that is just like, oh yeah, Roger Deakins. Mister Roger Deakins always pulling through. It's amazing. But what's interesting about the ending is 
and I heard I was listening to interviews after like I watched the film and I really wanted to know more about it. And apparently there was two endings and one of the, yeah, one of the endings was they don't find him. And then the other ending was they do find him like legit. They find him, find him. So what they, what, what they did was they screened the first ending. This actually, no, I take that back. There was never they don't find him. It was either the whistle or they do find him, like like they <laughs> and everything. So that was yeah. the two endings. Yeah, they screened the ending where they do find him, and the studio loved it, and they did audience scores, and the audience loved it. Like it was still a great film, but that wasn't the original. Like the original ending was just the whistle, and Danny was like, "I don't want that ending," but the studio was pushing for it, so they made a deal of that if his ending scored like on the same level or higher than he can have it. But if it didn't, interesting, then, then they have to go with the studio ending. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that that ending is so much more satisfying. Yeah. Even though he doesn't find him, I think it just works so much better because it's like, there's that click head where it's like, Oh, and it's like, that's what's going to happen. Like that. Yeah. It leaves you just like it all together. thinking about the. It leaves you on like, a moment of like whoa that was yeah it's an inception it's an inception like ending where it's like they didn't end with the top spinning but you know it's like oh like yeah it was like dang that was so cool but what actually happened was both endings scored the exact same with the audience really they scored exactly the same so then it ended up being like well then he's like well i win (laughs) and he just used his end (laughs) yeah good for him Kind of fine that he ended up getting his way, even though they were the same, like scoring. I guess. I wonder how they score stuff. Like, do audience members like? Yeah, like, how, how does that work? Like, do audience members <laughs> probably have like a scorecard that they can like fill in? Like, think about like the the great NBA movies. It's probably like the same thing. Maybe, like, simplified. Yeah. Yeah. It. Probably should look into that. I feel like I should know this. <laughs> but. But yeah, that that was crazy when I heard that. I was like, dang, they're really questioning this man's ending. Like they were like not about it. <laughs> like, well, have you do you know the story of the, the script? Did you do you know how the script got into like the whole deal? No. Well no. Maybe. What, maybe. What happened with the script was the screenwriter was working at like an ad agency in New York and he wrote the script like in his off time in like two thousand and seven. And it won in some festivals, he got noticed by it. And it goes to the blacklist, which is like the screenwriting website, the big one. Yeah. And it starts getting noticed. And it's like the most wanted script in Hollywood. And it sells for like a million dollars, which is like an absurd wow. script to sell for. And But it doesn't get made for like five years. And, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio was originally going to be in it. There, I heard that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, oh, who was it? There's somebody else, maybe... Uh, I, I forget. I forget who else was there. There were tons of people attached to him. Finally, they settled on on Denny. Denny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. And then finally, they settled on him, and it, it really came together. But I just think it's so interesting that such a good script took so long to to sell and you know to sell and to get made because it was just. But it was perfect. It was the perfect combination. Yeah. Well, I heard that it was a little bit too dark for Hollywood back. Like they didn't want to touch it because of the subject matters. And that's why it was kind of hard to make. Makes sense. Yeah, because I, and I don't think that the screenwriter wanted to change the script at all. I think he wanted to keep it no, exactly it was supposed to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and the way Denny got Roger Deakins involved was because of his earlier film, I think Indecencies, I, I believe it was called, because Roger just happened to see that at a festival or something. And he's like, okay, I trust this guy. I'll just work. Right. Like, that was the first time they worked together. And Roger Deakins apparently. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, super sketched out because Roger doesn't like he thought it was going to be some gothic like dark tale that could have went like way more harder R than what they went and that's why he was sketch at first but I was like I feel like it was pretty dark <laughs> to make, like it was pretty <laughs> by the end product but. well I, I'll tell you what the film was spectacularly directed and technically really well done but the i mean the cinematography is just amazing obviously i mean it's roger deacon but that really ties it all together i mean the night sequences of the driving especially like driving to the hospital and stuff like that i mean that's just really yeah. awesome it was just my heart was just beating the whole time i was on the edge of my seat i was just involved with like what i was watching because i had no idea where it was going to go i didn't know how it was going to end or, it's it's or, one of those movies where you're watching it and you just forget that you're watching it. Like you're in it. You're you're fully surrounded. You look up and you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the real world. And then you go right back in. It's, yeah. it's really well done. And I think that just every aspect of it was so completely tight and completely good to go that it was like, it's a really good film. Mm -hmm. did, now, when you watched it, did you think uh, the one guy... I forget his name. It's been a while since I, I watched it, but the guy with the glasses, like the original the guy from Ant-Man. Ant-Man? Yeah. Which one? So I was really, I was really trying to play the guessing game with it because I knew it, was, it had to be somebody that we knew. And I knew that if it was the guy in the van, that it would be too obvious. Like I felt it was going to be too obvious a reveal if it was just him, unless they were like playing the super long game. So I actually originally thought that it was going to be Hugh Jackman that did it. And that it was going to be like an unreal narrator type. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I've never heard that, that prediction before, but I could see where you <laughs> come up with that. Well, but it really, it really got to me because then they're in the hospital and the daughter says you were there. And I was like, I was right. And then like 10 minutes, not five minutes later, I was like, wait, he wasn't there. He, like, he wasn't the one. He was there, there. Like he was in the house. And I was like, it's the old lady. I was like, how could yeah. I have not seen What's crazy is because I played the same game and I guessed the old lady yeah. from the get. Really? <laughs> yes, I was like, ah, she did. <laughs> but I feel like it's not a very interesting, it's not a very um, obvious guess. No. Like it's tied it really well. I mean, there's so many people that it could be. No, well, what's great about it is yeah. when I guessed her, it was just like out of blind, like, ah, I'm yeah. just going to guess. And even though you, I feel like even though you guessed, it was still satisfying to have the oh, yeah. deal. Because yeah. the way the film was moving is it threw me off. My, it made me question everything I thought. I was like, there's no way it's her. It's this guy or this yeah. guy. Or it, it twists so much that you're not sure. Yeah, but by the end, I was like, whoa, I was right. <laughs> I was just surprised. I was like, wow, I really shot in the dark. Yeah. But So here's yeah. the question for you guys. Do you think that he was justified like in what he did and like in, all, in his torturing of guys? That's the, that's the question. Because I don't know. I think he is. I think he is. Because it's like if I was if in that position, my, I would probably do the same thing. If it was my daughter, I'd probably go to unimaginable lengths too to to get her back. Yeah. Even though the guy's not guilty, I mean, 
there are a lot of hints dropped that it's like it could be him. Like, because in our mind, we know there's more to the story, but in his mind, I mean, that's he told him they only cried when I left them, and like that's such a like, like even though have, no, you have um, to send it. You, ha- you kind of yeah. have to just. And I think that the fact that yeah. none of the police or anybody believed him only forced him to do it more. Only went, made him oh, like yeah. right, like. Now, like morally, like. Like if I were, if it weren't my kid, would I be like, ah, oh, is he in the right? I'd probably be like, eh. Like it'd be like a 50-50 toss up. But if it's it were right. my kid, my yeah. kid, I would have yeah. to do it. Like that's the only yeah, thing. Exactly. Like, Which I think is also. I really try that. Yeah. Especially it's, if it's, you heard that. <laughs> if you, if you think yeah. I told you that, you're like, all right, someone's gonna, someone's gonna have to pay up. So, yeah. Well, I think that's just another testament to the power of the script. I mean, it's such a, it's so well fleshed out. The characters are so well done that you, you know, you, that you're you ask questioning, like, it's crazy that, I mean, that thought hasn't really crossed my mind. Like, what would I do in that situation until this film, which is why it's such a good, like, mm-hmm. yeah. film that I, that I have to and, my own morals. Yeah. And the screenwriter said, the screenwriter of it said in an interview that, because at the time he wrote it, he did not have children. And he said that if he had had children at the time he wrote it, he would not have been able to do it because he would have been so in the mind of the character wondering if he would do the same thing that he wouldn't be able to finish it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... But yeah, I think we can all agree that's a one, probably a perfect movie. I don't find anything wrong with it. I that's a five-star. Five-star. Five star. Yeah. Like, I did not see any flaws, but yeah. I was just, like, my jaw was dropped the whole time. So, I love that movie. But if if we're moving on, I think the next one is Enemy. I don't think I have seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it. I haven't seen it. I've seen Have you seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. You saw yes. It. Yeah. yeah. A while ago, but I have seen Enemy. So, this movie's interesting. I still haven't figured out what the heck. I mean, spoiler, but sorry, Alex. Like... I'll take off my earbuds for a second. But like, uh, I can't figure out the ending. I don't know what. No, neither can I. It's. I don't know what the means. I don't know what it means. It's a very interesting movie because I don't want to say that it's in the way that it ends. I think it's very un Denny Villeneuve. I don't know how you say it. Yeah. All films, all of his other films that I've seen for me wrap up really tight and clean and yay that's the end yeah and this one doesn't do that you know it's a thinker it's a big it's a it's a yeah it watching i mean it opens in a similar manner with those like weird spiders and a little club at like atmosphere or whatever like i was just really trying to figure out i was like i have absolutely no idea what this means i was thinking it would meant something about like I don't know. I really, I'd have to revisit identity. I mean, I, I, like, what I maybe like what's your true identity, but like, I don't understand. Like, no. Yeah. I'm well, sure but I, you want to talk about, you want to talk about performance though. I think that this oh, is yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal does a great job. Yeah. He, he kills it. He's playing two people. <laughs> He's playing yeah. himself and himself <laughs> at the same time, sure. which is really, I really like that like um doppelganger type of thing it was pretty like at the beginning i had no idea where we were going but like as we well, start and it's done well 
it's done well too. It's not done in like a cheesy way. Like, yeah, it's done in a thriller esque intense way that you're like, whoa, this is kind of messed up here and there, but it's just like, what is happening? Like, dang, these guys are going yeah. at it. And he's like kind of stalking him. It was pretty, it was pretty weird. But I did enjoy it. But I also <laughs> yeah, did- I definitely enjoyed it. I think I've enjoyed all the films that I've yeah. watched. I think this one is definitely my most like what kind of kind of movie. Yeah, I was did. just like, what did I see? But <laughs> I th- I think I definitely have to revisit it and really think about like everything now that I know where it's going. I'm gonna have to really like think about it, think about it. But seeing it once, I don't think anyone's gonna get it. Like true. Yeah, me, I, I agree. I don't think I and I even like looked up kind of after like interviews if they like maybe told you no they don't tell you crap you just kind of have to figure it out uh, you have to you have to you got you got to think about it you gotta you gotta figure that out on yourself, by yourself yeah but I really like the like the yellow hues throughout like it's like a very different looking like it, it's almost as if they were in the desert but it's not it's just like a yeah. big city it didn't Did feel you shoot it or no who I shot it so. Maybe. I don't think so. Let me. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. No, it, it, it was not. It was by Nicholas Bolduc. I don't know if that's his name. I I don't know who that is. I think he shot one of his shorts. Yeah. Was Enemy early? Was Enemy? Well, I guess not. I guess it was twenty thirteen. It was after Prisoners. It was a. Uh, yeah, twenty thirteen. Oh, Two movies in one year? May I guess. I 2013, 2013. Maybe one was early and one was late. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do you know, it's that. definitely it, it's it's confusing, but in a good way. Yeah, I, I need to figure out the symbolism of like the spiders and everything. I feel like it has to do with like your true identity and self and like maybe self-worth or something. But I think I, it's for me. Like before, I could really rate it. I would have to do a rewatch and like really try to think about it. Like, yeah, what you kind of, I feel like you kind of have to. But I think yeah. it maybe, maybe it just highlights like the motives of the characters in a way. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to rewatch to really <laughs> dive in. But yeah, me too. But next up, we got Sicario. I love Sicario. Like, Sicario. So. I love Sicario too. Sicario to me seems like the type of movie you guys would make. Like it screams to me. It screams something you guys would do. Yeah, it's just I love I I know Alex and I both share a very deep love for like Oh, oh, I'm wait, okay. I hang on. I'm really sorry. I'm getting a phone call right now. This is my friend Stacy. Uh she's actually podcast before this is my friend stacy she's kind of an active I tell, tell, oh <laughs> this again stacy stacy dennis villa new really a white guy come on from canada <laughs> this country on earth come on sicario that is a white male fantasy name one of his movies stars a pock okay none of them do all about it, it, it misrepresents Hispanics. It just makes them seem like they're all villainous. And, and I mean, I haven't seen it quite yet, but I'm I'm going to maybe watch it. No, I don't want to support it. You know, and Prisoners all about rape. It's a rape fantasy. I think. Stacy, have, have you even seen Prisoners, Stacy? Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the one with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> 
Yes. Stacy, I think it's time for you to go. I think it's time for you. Hey, uh, give Alex my number. He's kind of cute. Okay, oh. bye, Stacy. What don't you understand about dude? Stacy. Hopped on the come on. Isle of Dogs podcast, and she's calling us all these whack behind things. I want to appreciate her. Stacy's crazy, man. Dude, we need to get Stacy on the pod. Yeah, we need a whole episode. A whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> a whole episode with Jeff. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll have, anyway, our, um, we'll have our uh, publicist reach out. We'll, we'll get her contact oh, yeah. information. Oh, my God. If she wants Alex's contact information. <laughs> oh, yeah. She doesn't want that. Alex's contact information. That, that's true. No, no. You can, ha- you can handle it, Jaden. Right, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry about that interruption. Totally yeah, random. Okay. Um, we, we like having callers on. <laughs> uh, back to Sicario. Um, yeah, Sicario... I really enjoyed, uh, and it's a movie that seems like something that's right up your guys' alley. Yeah. We just share this deep love of, like, the, I guess, gangster films in general. I don't know why. I'm just, I, I just always find them to be my, up with my favorite films. They're just, like, this life that's, like, super untouchable from, like, our standpoint, but it's, like, cool in a way. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's something that not a lot of people know a lot about, but that everybody wants to, like, be a part of inside of them somewhere. Yeah, like, you can always identify with some of the characters in a gangster film, which is so cool. But Sicario is a little bit different, though, because it follows, like, is it the FBI? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the FBI and the CIA. Yeah, and... Both working together. And it just, like, follows this, like, very interesting like weaving out story of like kind of like they're where their morals lie and like dude the, another the big moral it's yeah, yeah it's a moral battle but dude the ending where freaking benicio del toro goes like goes freaking james bond and sneaks into the mansion and then goes yeah. to the it, it's like, really even though, even though i'd say that it's more about Emily Blunt's character, I think that it's his movie all the way. I, he is so good in this movie. Yeah, he's, it's, he's one of those supporting characters that steals the show. That's just like... Yeah. And then the second one, the second one is he's the main. Right? I haven't seen the second one, I'll be honest with you. Me neither. I've, I've been worried about going to the second one, but I have heard he's the main character. Like, I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it's good. Yeah. But I have not seen it. Yeah, me neither, but... Yeah. Watching, dude. What was the line that he said right before he killed him? It was something about God. I don't remember. Time, I, I, God, time to meet God. Time, time to, to meet, meet God. God. Like and what a what a what a just the way that they shot it with the gun killing the family is like really brutally done, but also really well done. It's such a misdirect because you're thinking. At least I was thinking. No way he's gonna kill. Yeah. A wife. He's gonna kill the guy, and then boom, boom, boom. There's three shots, and he's like, "Oh my god, he just did that!" And it kind of yeah, he wanted to make that man suffer, yeah. just like the way he made other people oh. suffer right before he died. Kind of, yeah, like kind of wild that someone even thinks like that. I'm sure there are people out there in the FBI or CIA that are willing to go to those lengths, but it was kind of cool to see it on film, like a CIA agent or FBI agent portrayed in that manner. That well, and Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin's character too is the same way for me. It's that's somebody who doesn't really have a regard for the rules, but just wants to get it done. Yeah. And it, interesting question of like, is it better to go by the rules and have to take longer and, you know, maybe not get the guy at the end, or is it better to break the rules and get the justice? Like it's a, it's, it's kind of similar in that way, I guess you could say it's something like prisoners. It, it really yeah. is. 
I should have. Which we kind of see that throughout his filmography. It's always dealing with like the morality of man, like what's yeah. right or wrong. Yeah. He always puts it into question. And you can never really come up with a conclusive answer because it's always like, it's always things that kind of linger in the back of our heads. Like what is the right way? And I don't think right. we ever know until we're in those types of situations, which I always find yeah. kind of interesting that he could do so well every single time. You can pull those themes out in a fresh new way. And a different I totally agree. Well, and that's what I love so much about him. He's one of my favorite directors. That's what I love so much about him is that it's like every time he does a film, it's a different genre. It's, it's a different setting. It's on another planet, whether it's in the future or, you know, in Mexico with the cartels or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, action movie, it can be a thriller. It can be a weird psychological thing like Enemy, you know, but constantly so well done and constantly yeah. raising and exploring themes that are so interesting and you can always expect it to be a good film if it's by like if he's directing it you can always expect okay this is going to be a good film walking into it yeah. but one of my Definitely. favorite sequences on sicario is the bridge scene i know everyone it's like the biggest scene probably that everyone kind of knows but i it's so good every time yeah. it's so intense yeah. they're all going out and then you see her see the guy come in like the side mirror, the mirror. Oh, cool. mirror yeah and everyone's just getting shot it's it's kind of it's kind of wild that it's brutal it's brutal but it's really like the, the choreography is real yeah aha uh-huh. there's the little meeting thing okay oh, right. I see oh yeah okay but uh yeah <laughs> i mean obviously you know it's gonna look good if Rogers on the cam. Like that oh, yeah. always kills it. It's what's cool about this one is that he steps out even more into the digital realm, more into, out of his comfort zones. And um, I don't know if you guys know. I guess this is a little plug. Whatever. Uh, Roger Deakins has a podcast, and he talks about yes. the making of this. We <laughs> love the Roger Deakins podcast over yeah. here. It's a great supporters over here. Yeah, I love it too. It's so informative. But- <laughs> He was talking about making this and apparent like all the night sequences, like the envisionment of that is like, how can we film in the dark? Like with almost zero light. Cause well, like, it's a dark movie. It's a really dark. And you know, I had, I didn't know that, but it's, it's a dark movie and it, it yeah. worked. It's, I could tell he went all of the time stuff. I was sitting there thinking, you know, I was like, I wonder like he did this interestingly. He did it. I don't want to say differently. It is different, but it's, it's, it's a very interesting visual style. Mm-hmm definitely something that is out of the box i would say for deacons that's yeah that's what that's what they were saying and the night sequences they wanted to make it feel like this is legit at night we don't have like a 40k up in the sky and it's like a emulating moonlight like they wanted to really just literally be in the dark and they would film by like 3d cameras or like the the aerial shots of like thermal signatures. Well, those thermal shots I thought were super cool. I, yeah. I have never seen something like that done before. It I'm was sure. awesome. It was so awesome. It almost like reminded me of like Predator where he's like looking for his, <laughs> for his targets or whatever. Like that's what it reminded me of. And it was so dope. Yeah. But when we were on the ground with them, like, and it was being shot like regular handheld, whatever, all we could see is like shadows. All we could see is what they see kind of without the night vision which I thought yeah. was so cool. It really put me into like, like you almost, have to, you almost have to squint at the scene or yeah. at the screen to see what it what's happening, which is like super well done since it's intentional. It's just like, whoa, well, that's cooler. 
Yeah, and something that Sicario is really good at doing, and in all of his films, but Sicario in particular, in my mind, that stands out. Prisoners also, but it builds that tension. Yeah, the, the action scenes are almost, they're quick. They're one, two, three. The real satisfaction comes from the, the, the buildup to them and the scenes that kind of set them up in a way. Because when they're out there in the middle of the desert and they're moving out and they're positioning right before the tunnel raid, it's like you're really like on the edge of your seat, like in the, yeah. like, and happen and then there's that part where they're walking and it's just the score cuts out and it's just them walking and it's just the sound and it's like oh wow this is about to get real and then it's just the gunfire and the tunnels and stuff like that yeah it's really well done from an audio score is really good too oh yeah yeah the score is fine I, right. okay i don't know how to say his name double j uh johan johan johansson Oh, oh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, he did Arrival and he did Prisoners as well. He, he did all three. He might have done more, but I know he did those three. And uh, it, awesome job on yeah. that. And, He's a good drony. It's like a drone. Like, he does a lot of good, like, senti, drony. Like ambience. Like, ambience. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Ambient. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, they're all just... So well done. It's gonna be interesting ranking these because there's so many different things to like about every. Single That's gonna be movie. hard. <laughs> I definitely have a favorite. I definitely have a favorite, which we have yet to. Save it. Save it. Save it. Um, <laughs> I guess that wraps up Sicario. Like, that's basically the gist. Oh, I guess what I want to say is he's like a master of the like. It's almost I would describe like the build-up stuff almost like a pot like boiling water. It's just getting there and getting yeah. there. And when it starts overflowing with all the bubbles, it's just like, oh gosh, we're in this. That's the metaphor I want. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I think that's a yeah, that's a good metaphor for it. But yeah, and and then we get to Arrival. This is the movie I haven't seen in the longest time. I Arrival's really good. After it. This is my favorite. This is I'll I'll be upfront. Okay, I the last I saw them in theaters, so that's the really? last time I saw. That's a while ago. Oh. 20, yeah, like 2016, like five years ago. So you're going to have to tell my memory a little bit, but I yeah. do remember being well, So I love Prisoners, and I, you know, like I said, I saw it for the first time this morning, but I, I, Arrival will always be my favorite because I love the, the world that it takes place in. That genre of like grounded sci-fi is so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's based on a short story, which I don't know if you knew that, but... Um, it's based on a short story where basically the same thing happens, but the the way that the, the plot is shown in Arrival is so cool to me because of the, well, I guess spoilers too, but the, the way that it's revealed in the end to be the, the story deal of the way that the time kind of, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, because, like, from, first of all, okay, get the obvious out of the way. Roger Deakins, Bow down. I, I mean, yeah. so good. So good. <laughs> uh, but, but also, for me, before we get to the story part of it, the part of it that I love so wait, much wait, is wait. just... He didn't shoot this movie. Yeah, I did. I thought the solo guy shot this. No, right. it was Deacons, right? Oh my gosh, it wasn't... It was the solo on... guy, right? I, oh yeah, I think it, it was, was Bradford Young. I messed that up really bad. I, yeah, I it, Brad- was, it was a solo guy. It was Bradford like, Young. Oh my gosh. This is not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cut that part. Can we cut that? Let's cut that. Let's cut that. 
Never. <laughs> Bradford Young, bow down. Great cinematographer. Definitely did not just mess Mr. up. Mr. Bradford that Young shot it. Because I yeah, listened I to the podcast with Bradford Young the other day, and I was like, oh, he shot this movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, okay. I, I saw he he's on the cover cover story of a um, one of the American cinematographer magazines, which I don't know if you have those or read those, but they're really good. I would recommend them if you don't look into those. But and that's how I first read about him before I'd seen Arrival, before I'd seen stuff. And I, I he's really good. He's really insanely talented. I mean, I was Brad, Bradford Young. Yeah, yeah, he's so cool. Uh, I yeah, I, obviously, a, I mean, I just compared him to Deacons accidentally without knowing. Which is, I mean, that's like, that's, a, that's a compliment in itself. Yeah, but uh, he he made the he shot this movie that I saw, I think two weeks ago. It's called A Most Violent Year, and it was like an A twenty four film. It kind of flew under the radar. It wasn't like amazing, but it was shot really really well. And um, I think Alex is frozen. <laughs> He's just like, uh, I just see a smiling face. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Um, but he shot this movie, and an interesting, an interesting thing was the way he lights his scenes is he starts, he blacks out the entire room, so everything is black, and then he adds his lights. So then he shapes the light to his subjects or whatever he's shooting, and that's the approach he took on Arrival too. Is that he would start on like black, like all the interiors, obviously, not like outside. But like all the interiors, he would black out the whole room. So it's like almost complete darkness, complete blackness. And then he would add in his sources. And that's how he would shape the light and build it to like what he wanted wanted it to Interesting. look. So I thought that yeah, was well, a approach. Definitely. The shot that I remember, and it's been a couple months since I saw the movie last, but the shot that I remember that stands out to me is towards the beginning, she's in her house mm-hmm. and it's just she's looking out the window or the window is there and the helicopter comes in yeah that shot to me was like oh that's so cool i like just the way it looks and the way i love shots that use architecture and i love shots that have cool houses in them like that's the frame within the frame type of thing yeah exactly i I love shots that have something unique to look at because it would have been easy to just okay cut to the helicopter but let's not do that. Let's let's show it in such a way that it's visually appealing. Yeah, I agree. With that, we're gonna take a short ad break. Uh, we'll, be back. <laughs> we'll be back soon, and we're back. So we ended on the the arrival frame within a frame, the helicopter coming down. Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the, the part that I love about this movie the most is just the the storytelling and. It's such a beautiful story. It really is, in my head. Um, the idea of starting the story at the at the end and then bringing it to the beginning at like that's so cool to me. That's very. I want to say it's very Tarantino, but it, it's it's done differently than how Tarantino does it, in my opinion. Even though you can look at something like Pulp Fiction and say, okay, it does something similar. I think Arrival, and I love Pulp Fiction, but what I'm about. To, like trigger all the Pulp Fiction fans, but I think Arrival does it in a really beautiful way compared to Pulp Fiction is kind of this raw, right in your face kind of way, which I love. You know, Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorites, but Arrival does it in such a beautiful way in that you don't know what's going on until you know, and then you're like, oh, and you get it. Yeah, I don't think Tarantino does it too much, though. That's, I feel like. Oh no, he doesn't. He 
but but you know what I mean. He's known for that. He's known for that with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's known for that different storytelling. Honestly, a person that I would say almost that can do that masterfully is Christopher Nolan. He's a god of starting the story at the beginning. That's true. And then yeah. And you know, I was actually going to bring this up, but I think that these those two filmmakers are really similar in, in, in a couple ways. The way that they craft their shots and the stories that they pick to tell, I think are really kind of similar in, in a lot of ways. In that way too. But the, the themes that they, of morality and themes and stuff like that that the two of them pick to talk about, I think yeah. are have a lot of similarities. Yeah, I'd agree. But yeah, so this movie... Stories. What, this... I'm always trying to, I'm trying to remember because it has been a while, but I do remember this was the one where they're figuring out the language of like, yes. Okay. Okay. So the alien spaceships come to earth Mm. and aliens are like inking up the walls and stuff. And they're trying to figure out Amy Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Both of them. Um, And it's another one of those things where the tension really builds up, you know, because China in, in at one point basically you know, because all the countries are working together and then it, it kind of, the end begins to fray and the countries are, we're going to fire on the ships. No, oh, don't fire on the ships and, you know, stuff like that. On my Letterboxd review, <laughs> not to plug my Letterboxd or anything, but uh, review, I wrote, this is exactly what would happen in real life. And th- I think that's true. I think that the if we didn't immediately kill all the aliens for no reason, I think that everybody would just start hating each other for no reason. Yeah. I feel so real. Such a real movie. Exactly. It's so grounded, even though it's science fiction. Yeah, that's yeah. why that's why you can appreciate it more. You can appreciate his world building. Like as a director, it's always it's always crucial to build your world as authentic and as real as possible. Because if if you leave the audience any room of doubt or any room of like, ah, then they're gonna be they're gonna be, you know, taking out the movie and the world won't be feel authentic. So that's always a crucial thing that I always like in film directors or we always like kind of try and do is like building a world that is believable. Well, he sets up that world in the first 20, 30 minutes and he doesn't break the rules of it either. It it doesn't throw new things in out of nowhere. It works. He keeps to that grounded kind of way that he does the film throughout the entire. Yeah. Yeah. This is another one where the score is so powerful. Yes. It's so, like, ominous. It's like an undertone oh. of the themes in the movie. Yeah. It carries you through the whole thing from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I, I don't know. This is just, to me, I, this is his most powerful movie. This is the, his movie that I took the most from, that I, I was, like, yeah. really wowed by immediately. And it was the first film of his that I saw. But it... it it, it, I was wowed by it immediately. Yeah, I think everyone was pretty amazed when they saw it. Yeah. Well, it has what? It has what? Eight Academy Award nominations, I want to say. I want to say. Did it, it? Did it? Really? I honestly don't really know. Let's look it up. It had a lot. It, it was his by far. I remember it doing really well, but I don't remember. I think it's his by far most successful. Um, really? Yeah, I would say so because it's a PG-13 sci-fi that... Eight nominations at the 89th Academy Award. Best Picture, Best Director, yeah. Yeah, that was... Pretty good. And it did pretty pretty well in the box office. Yeah, definitely. 
So, yeah, I would say this. I I could argue this was one of his most successful films because it was like his most commercially viable too. I would say this and Sicario. I mean, maybe not Sicario (laughs) because Sicario is an R-rated film, and R-rated. It was successful. Sicario did pretty well. Yeah, it it was 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 pretty successful. I don't think so. I, I know Blade Runner definitely bombed. Like that that was a fake. Blade Runner bombed. Yeah. But yeah. we'll get to Blade Runner. I have a lot to say about Blade Runner. I love that. Yeah, I mean, they're both successful in their own right, but definitely a rival beat it by a lot. Like a rival's box office yeah. is two hundred million over. And then uh Sicario I'm looking at it's eighty four million, which is still a lot. Don't get me yeah. wrong. On a budget of I wanna say twenty four or twenty five million. For what? What was the budget of Sicario? It was thirty million. Thirty million. Okay. And then and then Arrival was like forty ish. So like on the scale, which is high, pretty low, pretty low on the scale there too. It's not a huge. No, yeah, they're under- definitely still like, they're not like mega movies. They're not like. Yeah. But they are his biggest movies. I think they're the yeah. biggest budget movies. I believe. Like I think it's more than Blade Runner actually. Ooh. No, Blade Runner is like a hundred mil. Yeah, Blade Runner might have been actually Maybe even more. Really? That's why it bombed so hard. Yeah, that's so. Sad. They lost a lot. That's so sad. I, I'm, I'm still glad they trusted him again with another like re-release. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like he's given another chance. Billion. hundred fifty million. Blade Runner Blade. did not do well, and it made two hundred fifty million. Which is not good. <laughs> Couldn't double. No, not at all. I wish I saw it. I wish I went to go see it in theaters. Me too, dude. I, I regret would, it. I would have cried. Dude. Because <laughs> I saw the original Blade Runner in theaters, like when they were doing all the classic stuff. And it was right. Oh, cool. Dude, that day was amazing. That was one of my favorite days of like this COVID, even though COVID's bad. But, <laughs> Top like, 10 days. Yeah, dude. I went to see in like XD theater. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah! And I was in heaven. I cheered up on like the most epic. It was so amazing. And then <laughs> right after we got dinner, and then went back to the theater and we watched Blade, the original Blade Runner. So it was just like wow. There's there's nothing better than watching like Mad Fury Road is not that old, but I I've been the, the classic. Oh, amazing. It's great. It's a great movie, but there's nothing better than watching the classics. In actual yeah. theaters. Especially for like five bucks. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. I guess since we already yeah. were on the topic, Blade Runner 2049. I know Max has a it. It's, it's, yeah, it's a sin. That's I know. The next I one. Seen it. That's the Blade next Runner. one. That's the last one we come to. Yeah. I know Alex. That movie Max. hits you in the feels. Holy. Crap. That movie always hits me in the feels. Gosh. It's just. It's definitely well, one of okay. my best favorite movies. So this one was done by Roger Deakins. Yes, this is a Roger Deakins shot film. And I think it's like his best shot film it's, like ever. It might be one of the best shot movies in history. Yeah. It might be. It's just so unique. Tree of Life is also one of the most, but that's like a different style. Like Tree of Life is the most maybe beautiful, but this one might be like the most, this might just be the technically best. I mean, those are like, I've seen. yeah. I, yeah. Like it is insane the achievements and like, of like the skill that you have to have super to well directed everything just fits so well uh the performances are great it is a slow burn but i kind of it's long. It. It's a, it is long it's almost three hours it's two hours and 45 minutes 
Um, it is. Yeah. It's on, it's on HBO Max. So if you haven't, if you guys have that, but both of them are both later on. So if you ever want to make a day of just later on the day, there's my weekend. <laughs> there's your week. Yeah. But Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, like, it just opened up this whole new world of, like, how light and, like, the LEDs and color can be used in cinema. Because before that, we haven't really seen as much. But the way it, like, leveled up everything is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The way they use miniatures blows my mind. Like, the entire world that they made is on, like, a 6 to 12 foot stage. And they just built these huge like sets of yeah and that's the world that we're sucked into and they did it for the original one but i like how they brought it back well that's awesome yeah that's something that i honestly i wish more modern sci-fi stuff did which was all of the cg and stuff looks great but there's some stuff that you like don't need to do yeah and there's some stuff that looks better practical of course i think everything kind of if you can do it in camera do it. Oh yeah, that's what I think. Obviously, obviously, if you're you know you're gonna compare puppeteering something or something like that to CGing something in, that might be a different story. But effects and stuff like that, for the most part, I think if you can do in camera, why not do in camera? Yeah, I mean, there's always the cost, the cost of it. But if you yeah. have 150 mil, like send yeah. it. Like imagine how much so you guys- <laughs> Marvel movie would look. I mean, I guess Iron Man one's the attempt like. Iron well, Man, it, but, yeah, Iron Man One is almost entirely practical, and I think honestly, the effects in that the best, <laughs> looks better. <laughs> I think it's the best shot. It's so good. Yeah, well, I think because because Iron Man One it was before they were getting into the whole MCU thing. It was just a movie they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a kickoff. I think it was like John Favreau's plan was to do. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's a whole different. But thing. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, that's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blade Runner is one of those movies where it's like, I think it surpasses the original. Oh, 100%. I want What do you think? Do you think it's better than the first? Yeah, 100%. Because Blade Runner, yeah. like the first one, it's good. Which is crazy because the original's so good. Yeah, I agree. The, the original one's so good, but you can see the scale isn't as large. The scale, it's a much more contained, much more like. Like character study film that's yeah. following like one guy through his world. Whereas Blade Runner 49 is that, but it builds this world on 10. It, it draws you in on every aspect. And it just like what it does in the original, it just like amplifies. It just takes it and makes it better. It is so awesome to me. Like the cinematography is amazing, the way they built their sets. Even the end sequence, like of all the water, they actually did that. They were in a huge tank. They threw them in and they were just like fighting for their I mean obviously they did on the take of the but they were in water. Like, it was just so like, creative. It's so creative on so many I love Jared Leto's like whole house and den, like the way that looks. Like the with lighting. all the water. Like they're the shooting lighting is so through cool. through the water to create reflections on the wall. The way they're handling the shadows. Like they're literally controlling shadows. It's really such a beautiful dance of like light, shadow, and the camera, which only Roger Deakins can accomplish. That's why it's so. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roger Deakins is the Crazy. master of doing things that should not be possible at all. Yeah. yeah. And what's crazy about it is the cinematography doesn't take you away from the story. It doesn't like 
it doesn't it doesn't outshine the story it doesn't outshine the performance it doesn't outshine anything it just adds it just helps elevate i i haven't seen the movie but i'm assuming it's like all of his other stuff it just helps elevate it to the highest level yeah which is just it makes it all perfect it makes it all like such a unique film that can only you can only see it there you can only see those ideas there you can only see like the craftsmanship there which is why it's like probably one of my favorites ever too but yeah, if you haven't checked, I would definitely check that out. Just, but you do have to sit. You have to be sit. You have if you to like watch. the rival, you'll definitely like this movie. That's what I'm saying. If you yeah. like the sci-fi genre in general, like the things you're about to see in this movie are just going to be like, whoa. But I would watch. You don't really have to watch the the first Blade Runner, but I would watch it. I would recommend you watch it. You know. Yeah. Well, didn't you didn't you watch it the first one, Max? No. <laughs> no he hasn't seen. That's why he hasn't. Oh, seen yeah. Watch the first one first. Yeah, because it, it on those things, and obviously Ridley yeah. Scott is out too. Like, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. Ridley Scott sci-fi movie, but yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's it's a masterpiece, and I think, but I think everyone kind of knows that because all the little film pages always post it. Like you always see it. It's always like a little. I feel like it's a cult classic in a way. Like mainstream, it didn't do yeah. a lot, but like filmmakers and people that just love the people, love the people who that. are making these films and stuff like that, and people who know like about what how what, what goes into making a film know that it's good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But in saying all that, I don't think it's his best story. If that makes sense. It's an amazing film, but I don't think it's his best, like, written film. So. I, I think it is. Do you think it's his best story? Like, over prisoners? Dang. Yeah, yeah, I think that the story of prisoners is definitely. Well, I think that it's one of the best stories that he's told. And I think that Arrival is also really. He picks really good stories. Yeah, of course. That's what you, you expect by now. Like, it's going to be a good. It's gonna be a good movie, which I'm hyped for Dune. I want to see what he does there. That's another. Oh, I'm so excited. Dune's gonna be sick. I'm so excited to see what he does with Dune. And what's crazy is Letterbox spoiled me, and there's apparently a Dune part two. Like, yeah, I heard about that. He's directing it though. Yeah, he's directing it. So it's like a chapter. It's oh like boy. So we're getting two. But Dune, Dune the book is outstanding. So I don't know anything about Dune, and I think I'm going to keep it that way. Well, I've heard. I, I would recommend it. I've heard the original Dune. There is a Dune movie, and it's on HBO. There's a, yeah, there's an old Dune movie. I've heard I have it's not, not good. I don't think it's, it's pretty weird. Like it's not really yeah. that well done. But, but. I'm excited because there's big cast, big A-list cast for the most part. Of course, yeah, they got all everyone they could think of. That <laughs> they're like, ah, damn it. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, they have, they have the Chalamet. They have Zendaya. They have everybody. But I'm excited. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Jason Momoa, yeah. yeah. Like, that's such a, yeah. Josh Dave Dave Pontista. They're like, everybody everyone. That Javier Bardem. Like half, half of the MCU is in that movie. Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. It's kind of wild that Timothy Chalamet is the lead. I'm I'm interested. Like I always like I like Timothy, but being a lead in sci-fi, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. Yeah, it just the the the, the what I've seen of it from the trailers just looks outstanding. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, 
for sure. That's one of my most anticipated releases that I wish would just go ahead and come out already. Is it coming out this year? I know when it got pushed back. Hopefully. Yeah, it comes out November or November. October. I don't know. There's Somewhere down the line. Christmas this year. August. Christmas this year is gonna be great. Oh yeah, I cannot wait. I'll I'll be living in a theater. Like, <laughs> I cannot I cannot wait till they start dropping all these. Honestly, one of my other highly anticipated movies is The French Dispatch with Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Like, I'm so excited for that movie. Wes so, Anderson. Yeah. Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan. I like it. So this will will trigger all the other film nerds who I haven't triggered yet. I have not seen a Wes Anderson film. That's fine. Dude, actually, that was me. That was me like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Everybody everybody in film in MPA is like all on me for not having seen a Wes Anderson film. They're like, you got to watch Wes Anderson. I will. I'll get there. I just, yeah, it's not there. They're very hard. They're very hard. Iowa Dogs is a good one. Like it took me a while no, I've heard. to find, um, you know, to find where to watch it at high quality. That's what, that's the problem with what I ran into is like, where do I watch these? They're not on streamers. Like I, I ended up having to like buy, yeah, like rent them. I know that fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs are on Disney plus now. That's interesting. I did not know that. Those are great films. I love those. I think, I think I Prime Video them. has some too. Oh yeah, Prime does have it. Yeah, that's where they are now. But like a year ago, they were not there. I I saw Fantastic Mr. Fox when I was a kid, so I I've always liked. I'm really excited for French Dispatch. Like I, I'm I'm gonna go see it. But yeah, but you gotta watch some Left Anderson. <laughs> oh yeah, well I plan on it. We still okay. got a ways to go before French Dispatch gets. That's true. But... You can make a whole week of it, and you'll be fine. Because he doesn't have that. Yeah. No, it's doable. A, a fun thing that I did was I started at the beginning of his filmography and just watched up, like you can watch the progression of his movies as it goes up. And there's, it's a totally different take of, it's a lot of like old type of old cinema techniques, very symmetrical. The storytelling is very unique. Like you can only get that type of movie, like in a Wes Anderson movie, which I really like. And the cast is always good. It always has the big boys in it that he likes to work with. So they're good movies for sure. Yeah, I would definitely check out. Very stylistic. Yeah. What, what, what's crazy about this is now this is going to trigger people. I've seen everything but Moonrise Kingdom, which apparently is the best one, <laughs> the best one out of all of them. And I have a good reason because I'm waiting Dang. to buy it on Blu-ray, so all of you can either that or I watch it <laughs> illegally, and I think I, I'd rather just buy it. Support him, all right. So all of you can take a kill for <laughs> But oh, this is this. I guess this is the fun part. Now we have to race him. <laughs> We're time, time to race Denis Villeneuve. Would you like me to do the? Yes, do the honors of the letter. The list on letterbox. Collective letter box. All right. All right. For me, I, I can. I can. I feel like I can start it. For me. Obviously, we'll start from worst to best. But disclaimer, it's not even like worst. But there is no worst. Yeah, there's no worst. It's not like any of you are like, oh, that was so bad. Yeah, no, it's just like the least favorite <laughs> yeah. out of it. Yeah. For me, it's enemy. I mean, I'll just get that. Enemy is my least favorite one. Okay. What, do, what about? I guess it's up yeah. to Max. You agree with that, Max? Favorite one. Um. Yeah, I would agree. It's not that it's like I don't like it. I just I don't understand it enough. I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> 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 uh, 
god. But yeah, enemy goes. If you're an MPA and you're listening, that's an inside because there were some things said this year about eraser heads that uh, were very interesting. Oh, eraser head. I haven't tuned into that. I've I've been wanting to on the criteria. We watched that in class. We watched that in class. No hate on what I'm about to say, but I like Evan O'Rourke was like, there's a story, there's a plot, there's a really obvious story. So James and I were like, what is it? And he's like, you guys just aren't smart enough to get it. (laughs) All of our letterbox reviews, every single one of us, it's just we aren't smart enough to get it now. Oh yeah. Now now I gotta tune in and see what, what you guys are talking about over there. But okay, so what's this is where it's gonna get hard for me because I love all of the all the other films <laughs> equally. I love them all. Well, what would come after? Well, if we're going based off, <sighs> this sucks. If I went based off my review, oh, man. thinking for me, what comes next I think, is I think it's Arrival for me. Arrival comes up next for me too. Really? This is where Max... <laughs> this is where I'm going to get different, and I think I'm going to be different in my way, because next on my list is Sicario. Yeah, it's between those two. It is between me. those two. Just because I like, I really enjoyed Sicario, but it's just, it, out of all of the stories that he has told, that's the one that I guess is my least favorite, just because it's not as interesting to me as Prisoners or Arrival. I love the movie still. It's just that story is... Mm. Yeah, I I can bend on it. Hard. I can bend on it. I I that's fine with me. Sicario can come next. Uh, here is where it gets really difficult. Alex, like, oh god. Now, I do think okay. Arrival comes next. Though. Arrival. Yeah, honestly, it's my favorite of his movies, but I honestly do agree with you that I think Prisoners is just. How can you be prisoners? Yeah, I think Arrival will come next. And I think Blade Runner would come next, and then we can end it with prisoners. But I know Alex likes Ooh. Blade Runner the best. <laughs> now here's what I'm here's where I'm gonna make my And also team. Max hasn't seen Blade Runner. Blade Runner's not on my list. That is also true. I think prisoners is just all around. Maybe not okay, maybe actually I take that back. It's not all around it. The cinematography and Blade Runner. Well, well, how about this? How about this? What if we broke it down in three <laughs> categories, and whichever one has the highest score in those okay. three categories can be up. So let's okay. do story, direction, cinematography. Who okay. wins? So who wins in the story? In terms of story, in terms of story, I think it's got to be Prisoners. Prisoners is a ten. Yeah. In my book. Blade Runner is also a 10. <laughs> but I think, like, generally speaking, Prisoners was a better... Re- like, I think Prisoners is a better story than Blade Runners. Just on, like, the way it made me, like, flushed and everything. Okay. So I, I think... Okay, we'll give, we'll give that category to Prisoners. This is where it's going to get tricky. What about direction? Oh, <laughs> well, let's, let's go to cinematography. Blade Runners... Let's go to cinematography. Well, cinematography. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is on a whole, a whole another level. Yeah, Blade Blade Runner wins that easy. 
So now it's they not. are very different. They are very differently done. They're so different. They're yeah, so but different. It's the same. Do- yeah. It's the same cinematographer. So if you got to pick one of them to see, just for cinematography, I'm going Blade Runner all day. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where it makes or break the direction. Directing of both films. Who wins? That's a movie? tough one. This is extremely hard. That is really hard. Because. <laughs> Here's where I'm thinking. Blade I Runner, think they're, I think they're super even, honestly. But Blade Runner, I think they are even. Blade Runner has so many moving parts that you have to be a, a great director to really naturally navigate that world and make us really believe in it. But then again, Prisoners yeah. has you on the edge of the seat. For totally I think that the brute, now I have not seen Blade Runner, but I think that so I can't judge. But I think that the brutality of prisoners and the pure the emotions brought on by the characters and the way that they are, which I credit to the actors just as much as I credit to the director. But I think they're pushed by the director. That is a standout to me. Mm-hmm. I have not yeah. seen Blade Runner, but that's just my two cents. I mean. I think they're pretty on par. So, like, I guess uh, Prisoners wins because it has that that very, very slight up with the story. Yeah, but Blade Blade Runner kills it. It's the chicken in the egg. You you (laughs) can never know. There's no answer. I know we decided on a coin flip. So I don't have to take responsibility for this decision. Does anyone have a coin on them? Uh, oh, I do. All right. Here we go. I have a dime. Heads or tails? <laughs> heads, uh, heads will be... What do you want Blade Runner to be, Alex? Heads or tails? Tails. All right. Blade Runner's tails. And prisoners' heads. Drum roll. Insert drum roll here. It's rigged. It's head. Prisoners win. But hey, in all seriousness, it is a testament to how great a director he is that it's so hard to work. Yeah. So if it's that hard, like, you know he's doing something. I think all the directors we've talked about so far are all all gods and realm, right? I think we've got Christopher yeah. Nolan, Martin Scorsese, and now Denny Villano. All of them are yeah. great. We it's should go back when, after Dune comes out to see where that that could rank among Yeah, these we got to revisit this, this subject. Yeah. And hopefully by then, Alex has seen Enemy and you've seen... And I've seen Blade Runner. The Blade Runner. And then we can yeah, we'll make, a, we'll make a solid list. The comeback. We'll get a sequel. <laughs> The sequel to Here's the- what it is. It's uh, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner, and Prisoners. I can live with so it. That's the final, the final list. That's so that? short compared to the Martin one we had oh to do. Oh my gosh, the Martin one. <laughs> with Josh. That was <laughs> the original recording yeah. was two hours and 45 minutes. Like, oh, wow. that was a huge episode, but I had to cut it down to, like, I think two hours and two minutes or something. But 
Wow. It was a good I, I enjoyed talking about Martin Martin you just had so much. But uh yeah. Yeah, these director episodes are really fun. Director episodes are I really like I I want to keep them up. I think our next one will be Tarantino. I'm not sure who's gonna come on for yeah. that. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. But yeah, Tarantino is next. What's another director we could you could do Wes Anderson, but I gotta like watch all of his you movies. Have to really grind. And, like, <laughs> yeah, you have to watch all of them. I've... But there's not too much, is there? No. Nah. Or we could do like Paul Thomas like Anderson. I think there's like nine or ten. I think... Tarantino has nine. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you just said. Tarantino has nine. Yeah, Tarantino. Yeah. Was well, it nine or eight? I forget. Uh, it, depends. it depends on who you ask. Death Proof isn't really counted, and neither is like Kill Bills, right? Kill Bills. Oh, you gotta count Death Proof. Really? I don't think I, I count Death Proof. But I don't think he counts it. I think in an interview he said he does not count Death Proof. Really? Because it was a it was a thing he did with. Oh yeah, with the, yeah. It was a grindhouse like double feature, and it wasn't really. Yeah. Like, a but so is Kill Bill one movie or is it two movies? That's the real question. They're combined. I say, They're combined. I say it's one. I, I say it's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is combined. That's what he says. So that's what I say. And I think it's better that way. Yeah. You gotta watch them both back Dude, to back. Every, every year when it's around my birthday time or Christmas, I always ask my parents, can you please get me the whole bloody affair version of Kill Bill? And they can no one can ever find it. I go deep diving the internet trying to find a copy. Because <laughs> it's apparently there's some extra scenes and it's all cut together as one. Like, really? Oh, yeah, no, I heard yeah. about that. It's like the four and a half or five hour movie here. Yeah, and it's called Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair, and I can never find it. It's, it doesn't exist, I'm convinced. But once I'm friends with him, <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him for it. <laughs> Get the actual film strip version. Give it to me, Tarantino. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm sure Wait, he has it. That, that's going to be a really fun episode, though. The Tarantino. The <laughs> one with Tarantino? As the guest, yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, we're gonna have. He's coming on. He's coming on, everyone. Ranking his own. He's gonna be ranking his own. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I guess we can do some Wes Anderson. Then we should do Ari Aster. <laughs> like two. <laughs> <laughs> two movies. <laughs> or what's his other name? Um, Robert Eggers. Yeah. I mean, I guess we are doing like working directors, right? We're only doing working directors. So I guess if we get straight done with our favorite working directors, we could just go on to like Akira Kurosawa and stuff like that. Like the other directors I like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes this episode. Thanks, Max, for hopping on. It was good. It was great to talk to you. Yeah. It was a really fun episode. This one will be in the history books as episode 11. That's wild. Uh, oh, yeah. 11. Wow. 11. Yeah, we're already on 11. I think we've been doing this. I don't know how long we've been doing this, but it doesn't feel that long. I think we started February. Yeah, so like a month. So. Yeah. It's a good hey, ride. Are you, are, you guys, are you guys going to the Sunscreen Film Festival? Because I know you have stuff in. Yes, we will be attending the Sunscreen yeah. Festival. And I will see you there and we can talk more in person about Danny Villeneuve oh. and Blade Runner. Sounds <laughs> good, bro. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, peace out.
and we'll see you next episode. I believe it's going to be with Josh again, and it's going to be about Eric Andre's new movie, A Bad Trip. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. I think that's the next episode. But I'm hyped. I'm hyped. All right, guys. Peace out. I'll catch you guys on the flip. Cool.